You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is hard to believe, but another offseason is flying right by us, and spring training is just around the corner, about a week or so away. To talk about the crew and how they're going to look in spring training, we welcome in Adam McKelvey once again, our Brewers reporter. And Adam, what we're going to do today is kind of run down a list of uh, six or seven topics about you know the status of the team and the status of certain players uh, on this team. So I'd kind of like to start here. When you look at the the current makeup of the 25-man roster, I don't want you to pick out the guy that you feel is the best player or the most talented player, but a guy that could perhaps be the biggest difference maker for the Brewers in 2017. Who do you think that guy would be right now? Well, you know, Matt, I think of this uh, in terms of a new player, a guy who's different from last year and, and has a chance to make an impact. To me, that's Eric Thames, who is a really interesting out-of-the-box signing of David Stearns played the last three seasons in the Korean baseball organization and put up gigantic numbers, was a huge star. Now he comes to back to Major League Baseball really with a lot to prove and, and a lot on the line. Uh, the projection models like him a lot, the statistical models. They think he's going to be a productive uh, contributor to that lineup. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, in Korea, as, as Thames himself has said, there's a lot of pitchers that can really uh, locate a breaking ball. They can really pitch backwards, throw any pitch and any count. But here in Major League Baseball, he's going to see a lot more velocity than he did over there. And that is a big part of the game right now with all these young fireballing pitchers. He's going to have to handle that for the first time in his career. Will he be able to do it? You know, the Brewers took a gamble here on this, sort of, uh, you know, a lot of video study, not a lot of in-person look at him before making this deal. But if it pans out, it could prove a really wise investment by David Stern. Yeah, it certainly could. There's a lot that he has to prove, as you said, coming back over from uh, overseas. And there's the factor, too, that he's basically replacing a guy in Chris Carter who uh, hit 41 home runs last year to lead the NL, uh, non-tendered by the team. So there's some pressure there to meet those expectations. And it'll be a very interesting season as Eric Thames uh, makes his way back to the major leagues for his second stint as a big leaguer. Uh, Adam, topic number two in terms of a guy that might uh, be a surprise. Now, this could mean a guy that could, you know, sneak their way onto the 25-man opening day roster that nobody sees coming right now, or a guy that uh, has a solid place on that roster right now but could really break out and have an unexpected good year. So using either one of those criteria, who could that guy be for the crew? Well, I'll pick a guy who could surprise by making the club, and I'm going to go to their top prospect, Lewis Brinson. Now, I, I don't think he's going to make the opening day roster. I think he'll start the year at AAA. That's where he finished last season after being traded from Texas to Milwaukee in the Jonathan Lucroy deal. He was really good uh, in Colorado Springs at the end of the season. Uh, he's in the top 20 prospects in all Major League Baseball, according to MLBPipeline.com. Kind of a five-tool guy if he clicks in the big leagues. The problem right now is it's a crowded outfield picture for Milwaukee, and they are pretty set at their primary positions with Ryan Braun in left, uh, Keon Broxton uh, and Kirk Neuenheis kind of sharing time again in center field, and Domingo Santana back and right after being injured for a lot of last season. 
So some things probably will have to happen in spring for Lewis Brinson to make the club. He'd have to perform, obviously. That's number one. But probably something would have to happen to some of these guys ahead of him on the depth chart. You know, say a Ryan Braun trade, say another injury for a player that opens his spot. What Brinson is going for him is he's already touched AAA and looked pretty good there, and he can play all three positions. So he has that flexibility. I, I sort of, you know, have him in the back of my mind. Again, I don't think he's going to make the big league roster. If he did, it would qualify as a surprise. Yeah, I agree, but uh, nonetheless, a guy that uh, easily made the MLBpipeline.com top 100 prospects list and a guy that we're going to be seeing in Milwaukee, if not this season, then at some point in the very near future for sure. Uh, Adam, topic number three, this is kind of a two-parter. When you think about the Brewers or other people think about the Brewers, who is the one guy that people label as the face of that franchise, the one true star player of that team? I think this is a pretty easy answer here. But then when you take that player, how do you assess him in terms of, you know, is he entering his prime? Is he on the other side of his prime? Are there health issues? Could he find himself elsewhere before the end of the season? So tackle that whole ball of wax for us there. Well, it's obviously Scooter Jeanette. Yes, of course. You know, Ryan Braun, (laughs) who is the correct answer to this question, pointed out something kind of crazy that the guys were talking about over dinner when they were all together in Milwaukee uh, last weekend. Scooter Jeanette's their second-longest tenured position player. That shows you the unbelievable turnover that this club has experienced over the last couple of years, uh, that Scooter Jeanette is the old grizzled veteran. But it's Ryan Braun. He is the face of this franchise. He has climbed his way back from the suspension and all that went along with it to become a really productive player in the middle of that lineup, coming off his best season uh, since 2012 when he was second in MVP voting behind Buster Posey the year before that. Of course, he won the MVP. Uh, he's, he is back to being a, kind of a, a force and a, a, an elite hitter in Major League Baseball. Now, the second part of your question is where the questions come in. How much longer will he be that player? He's 33 years old. He last season navigated an entire year coming off back surgery. Him and Craig Council had a really good plan for how to get through that, included days off here and there. They executed it, and it was a big success. That remains something to keep an eye on. He also has that some issue uh, that you'll remember from the past couple of years, they navigated that last season with no flare-ups, no, no times out of the lineup because of that. But that, again, is something to keep an eye on. Um, it does not look like the Brewers will trade Ryan Braun this winter. We've talked a lot about that, about how he was nearly traded with Dodgers last season. Could that be revived over the winter? I mean, I think we're at the point now where they've got him penciled into the number three spot, and it doesn't look like he's going anywhere. And Mark Antonaccio, their owner, in fact, at that fan fest, he kind of raised an idea that I'd heard floated before but never said out loud by anyone with the stature of the owner of the club that perhaps when that Dodgers deal didn't happen, that was their shot. And, and now Ryan Brown won't be traded. So how much longer will he be a productive force in the middle of that lineup? That's going to determine, uh, well, number one, how long he can hold down that three-hole and number two, whether there will come a time again where the Brewers have an opportunity to trade him. I think they'd like at some point to flip him for prospects. That's what they've done with so much of their other established big league talent. Um, but in this particular case, for a number of different reasons, that's no sure thing. And um, it may just come down to him uh, continuing to play for this Brewers team, and, and then they hope he can continue to do it deep into his 30s. Yeah, as always, a litany of X-Factors when it comes to Ryan Braun. But for now, as you said, he is the number three hitter in this lineup. He is in a Brewers uniform, and until something changes, that's who he is and where he is. So we'll see what happens over the course of a very topsy-turvy 2017 season. 
Adam, the next topic, uh, in terms of the vision of uh, David Stearns and the front office, in terms of uh, you know short-term goals for the 2017 season, balancing with the, the long-term goals and the big picture for the franchise, you know, what is that balancing act? What is the blueprint right now for this front office? Well, I'll tell you what. It is really interesting right now. The, the most interesting thing to me at the Brewers' day-long fan fest on Sunday was something Mark Atanasio, their owner, said. Uh, that for the first time ever, wins and losses are not the most important thing to him. He has finally gotten to the stage of, of kind of acceptance of this rebuild. It goes against his competitive nature. It is a really tough thing for him to do. He's the one who had to ultimately approve them going in this direction, and now he's bought in. He said of their top three, meaning Mark Atanasio, Stearns, and Craig Council, Atanasio himself is the one least concerned about wins right now. So he's looking at the long term. That means acquire, develop, retain. We've heard David Stern say that so many times since he took over as GM. He is trying to stockpile talent. He's stockpiled a lot of up-the-middle talent. If you think about David Stern's vision and, and the specifics of it, it is about acquiring a talented players who are versatile in terms of their position. Shortstops, center fielders. Uh, to some degree, he's, he's tried to get some catchers. But really, it's those up-the-middle defensive players, shortstop center fielders, that time and time again he has acquired. The thought is you get as many good players like that as you can. You can move them to a position when you have a need, or those are valuable players that can be flipped to fill a need elsewhere on the diamond when you get to that point. Now, I don't think the Brewers, anyone expects the Brewers to be contenders in 2017. I don't think the owner uh, thinks that, or he wouldn't talk about how you know, wins and losses are not the priority. They are still looking at um, trying to see which of the players that they've acquired are good enough to be there on the back end of this thing, whether that's 2018, 2019, 2020. Somewhere in that window, though, they're going to have to get to a point where they compete, and I think 2017 is going to be about identifying which of these guys are going to be part of that. And, Adam, that's a very good segue into the next topic, which is the quote-unquote perfect season. Now, that means – very different things for very different clubs. If you're talking about the Cubs and the Indians and maybe the, the Dodgers and the Red Sox too, that could mean going all in to win a championship in 2017. If you're talking about teams like, say, the Padres or the White Sox or the Reds, that could mean accelerating the rebuild. And you've touched on this, obviously. I would think that the Brewers are closer to the rebuild end of the spectrum than the contend again. I think that's fairly obvious. But even though you just said that the owner's not concerned with a, a wins and losses total necessarily, if you had to put a number on things in terms of, you know, we want to reach this to have some tangible evidence that we are progressing, what would a quote-unquote perfect season be for this Brewers team? Well, I'll give you a number, but it's not a win total. It's the number three. I think if they could get three players to sort of break out as established big leaguers, that's a perfect season for this Brewers team. And I'm thinking back to last season when they were better than expected, especially late in the year they were really competitive. I think the Brewers had at least three quote-unquote breakout players last year. Jonathan Villar was definitely one of them, a guy who had kind of been a bench player for the Astros, established himself as a shortstop, and then he moved off that position when they brought up Orlando Arcia. Um, but a guy who really established himself as a big leaguer. And on the pitching side, I think you can point to Zach Davies, and even Junior Guerra, he's a special case, uh, 31 years old. But, but Davies is a guy 23 years old, acquired in a trade, um, who established himself last season as a, a bona fide member of this rotation. And then Keon Broxton in center field, and you can point to a couple of others. 
Now, if they can get that same type of breakout from a group of players this season, that would bode really well for them moving forward. And there are lots of candidates. The one who comes to my mind first is Domingo Santana, who I sort of had circled last year as a guy who could be that, but injuries really hurt him. He had some arm injuries, uh, missed a lot of the year, and never really uh, got his feet underneath him in the big leagues. But he's one of those stat cast guys that you look at, and he's among the leaders. He led the team, and he's, he's up there in Major League Baseball in small sample in terms of exit velocity. He just squares up a lot of baseballs. And you get the feeling that if he could rack up 500, 600 at-bats, that could translate into a lot of good things for this Brewers team. So he's, he's a guy I have kind of circled for a breakout. But, but there are other opportunities. I mean, Orlando Arcia – their top prospect going into last year, he will get his first full season at shortstop. A lot of questions about him uh, with the bat, and is he going to, you know, can he break through as an offensive player? That would be a really big deal for the Brewers. Catcher is a position that at the moment offers great opportunity. They have three players right now: Andrew Susak, Manny Pena, and Jet Bandy, um, all acquired recently. Two of those, uh, Susak and Bandy, via trades, that have an opportunity to grab that position with Jonathan Lucroy gone. They're youngish players with an opportunity to, to break out. Um, and, and there are others around the diamond. The other guy just that comes to my mind right away is Travis Shaw, their third baseman, kind of uh, almost got there in Boston, but not quite. And now he gets an opportunity to play the position they hope every day at Miller Park, a good place to hit for a left-handed hitter. Um, he could also be a breakout. So if they get two or three guys like that, I think that's a good season for this Brewers team. And then, you know, 2018, if you add up those two years of development, maybe 2018 is the year where you start to look a little more closely at wins and losses. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's, a, that's a good way, interesting way to, to look at it in terms of what an ideal season would be to have two or three guys really break out a la Jonathan VR this past season. Then, uh, you know, all systems go for the Brewers in 2018. And beyond that certainly seems to be the blueprint there. Adam, coming down the home stretch, when you look at the 25-man roster as it projects right now, what do you feel is the biggest uncertainty within that 25-man group? I think it's on the pitching side, Matt. I mean, right now they have too many starting pitchers and a lot of question marks in the bullpen. So if they get to spring training, I have this of Craig Council. What happens if you get to the end of spring training and these guys, these starting pitchers are all healthy? Would you look at doing something creative in your starting rotation? And he said the answer is yes. He thinks teams are looking more creatively at how they deploy pitching. And whether that's a six-man rotation, whether that's some kind of a moving back and forth, I don't know what the answer would be. But it's something they're going to keep open-minded about if they're fortunate enough to get to the end of camp in that position. And then in the bullpen, I think there's openings. So will some of those starters go to the bullpen? That certainly is a possibility. But they've got Neftali Feliz, whom they signed, who has closing experience. A list of guys with saves, any significant number of saves, begins and ends right there. And then you've got you know, some younger players who they like, Corey Knable, Jacob Barnes, um, who are going to have to step up to fill the losses that were created when David Stearns traded the likes of uh, Jeffress and Will Smith and Tyler Thornburg, guys who were really stalwarts in, the, in a good bullpen last season. So I think there's opportunity in the bullpen. There's a lot of question marks that they're going to have to sort out in spring training. And, and just generally – if we're generalizing, to me, the pitching side has a lot more to be settled in spring training than the uh, offensive side. 
And uh, Adam, as we wrap things up here, you know, look, we all love our football and our basketball and our hockey, but you never hear <laughs> these, you know, these romantic uh, feel-good stories about, uh, you know, oh, NFL training camp or the first practice on the rink for hockey or, you know, on the courts for basketball. Not to say they're not exciting in and of themselves, but it's always so much different with baseball and with spring training. It, there's just a different feel, a different attitude, and more attention towards spring training than the practices, the opening practices for any other sport. Why do you think that is? I think it's, uh, number one, a matter of seasonality. Everybody, at least up in our parts, are just tired of the cold, tired of the snow that we haven't had nearly enough this year, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. But, but the fact that it's spring, it's 80 degrees in Phoenix when you get there, you see the green grass, you hear the crack of the bat. There's a, something um, nostalgic and uh, comforting about the fact that spring and summer are going to come here to the frozen tundra as well at some point. I think that has a lot to do with it. Also is just something in baseball about the uncertainty of it all. I think in baseball, teams go to spring training, you know, with hope and faith. That's the thing Bud Selig always used to point to. And in baseball, it's easier to have that, I think, for a greater number of, of clubs, a greater percentage of clubs than in the other sports because there is so much variability that happens throughout the course of a baseball season that you really don't know what your club is going to do. I remember sitting here with you last year, and I brought up the prospect of 100 losses for the Brewers. Well, they certainly did not have a 100-loss season. They were better than expected last year. No, I don't think they're going to win the World Series this year, but they have a chance to be better than expected again this year. And that hope, I think, permeates baseball a little bit more than the other sports for whatever reason. Uh, so it's a, it's, a, it's a good time. It's a really good thing to go visit there. That's my pitch for people to dig into their pocketbooks a little bit. Easy for me to say, I guess. <laughs> And my expenses are paid. But it is a really worthwhile trip to get down there, soak up some vitamin D. And the sounds of the game feel really good when it's cold up in Milwaukee. Yeah, well, I think, you know, the next person that says, I went to spring training I went to spring training and had a terrible time is going to be the yeah. first one because you just never hear those stories. It's always magical, you know, for, for families and fans and, and, and uh, you know, Kids of all ages, as the, as the saying goes, and something again to look forward to here in 2017 as spring training is just around the corner yet again. Adam McAlvey, a great place to wrap this one up. Our thanks to you, and we'll do it again at this time next week. In the meantime, it's Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Milwaukee Brewers. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.